So, Kevin, what's a Gundam? Is it when your team is given a bigger points budget than the enemy team so you can stuff all of the cool toys in? We're close. Welcome to What's a Gundam? Yeah, it's best podcast within a podcast where two people watch Gundam win. I'm your host, Jeremy. I'm your host, Kevin. This week, we will be watching episode seven, Scenario for Bloodshed. Yeah, quite a turn from last week's party night. Yeah, there was some bloodshed there, I think. Yes. There was oil shed, for sure. Yes. I think most of the people got vaporized, so there probably wasn't any actual bloodshed. At least one got crushed. Uh, That's fair. So there's probably some blood there. And Wufei probably blooded some people. Yeah, probably. Oh, also Troa <laughs> cut himself, remember? Oh, yeah. So there was lit- there was literally blood on screen. I'm running out of things to ask you, especially since we're doing this every week. And like, we did not record the last one too long ago. What's your favorite thing about Gundam Wing so far? We'll go with that. My favorite thing about Gundam Wing so far. um, I don't know. I guess I think honestly it's Zex. Zex is good. Yeah, I can't really say much more about Zex without getting like deep into Gundam. So, yeah, but yeah, Zex is good. I would like more of him. I hope we get more of him this week. Like I said, the Tall Geese is the secret best mobile suit in Gundam Wing. And he's a very interesting character. He's got relationships to Relina and Hero and Trace, which puts him weirdly at the center of things. Yeah. Yeah, and he seems like a good antagonist. Yeah. No, I think that is super fair. So we are going to go ahead and watch Episode 7. You can watch along on Hulu or Crunchyroll if you like. And we will be back to talk about it after the break. All right, we are back. This was the episode I thought it was. I didn't say at the beginning that I thought I knew what happened this episode, Mm -hmm. but it was the one I thought. What did you think of this episode, Kevin? This finally starts to feel like a thing. Yeah, like it has a plot. Yeah. (laughs) Like it has some villains who did some stuff, some lesser villains who did some stuff, and some heroes who got tricked into doing some stuff. Stuff happened. I mean, stuff has been happening the whole time, but this felt, like you said, it felt like it suddenly has a plot now. The gang's all together. Yes. To immediately split up because Wufei is a jerk, but... Well, I don't know that specifically. I actually don't remember if they actually immediately split up, but I think that they do. It honestly, because they have to cover a global conflict, it, it wouldn't make sense for them to stick as a five-man squad, but at least it they, seems like they're together. They can make a plan? Yes. Like, even if the plan is, hey, let's go split up, we need to tackle these three things. Like, I know they're not a and d party, and splitting the party doesn't immediately end in their death, but... <laughs> At least they're together to make a plan to split up rather than just like Wufei showing up being like, you guys are all idiots, bye. Yeah, because these five boys are the people you want to get together to make a plan. They seem fairly intelligent. I don't think plans are their thing. No, but neither is it the uh, the uh, mission operators who gave them all the mission to take down this thing. Yeah, I don't remember if we get this later or not. I legit can't remember if they are getting missions or if they are just getting data and making moves on their own. And if that's, like, if different things are true for different ones of them. Because Hero definitely seems like he's getting missions from someone, yeah. right? But Catra seems more like he's analyzing data. And Wufei, why didn't Wufei get tricked? Yeah. So it's interesting, and I don't remember the answer to all these questions. I am asking them genuinely. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this episode, like I said, like or like you said, it feels like stuff's happening. Um, yep. And that's exciting. 
it's probably the most I've wanted to watch the next episode. I feel like a thing that's true about pretty much all Gundam series is they start horrendously slow. Mm-hmm. And Wing is one of the worst ones. I think Double O probably has a slower start. I'm of the unpopular opinion that Double O doesn't really get started until about episode 20. Um, <laughs> most people are like, come on, it gets there about nine. But yep. I don't share that opinion. But yeah, it does feel like we're moving somewhere finally. So shall we get into it? Yeah. All right. Hey, remember last time where Catcher was like, man, I wish I could meet these guys. They seem nice. Yep. And Hero was like, I am not a regular man. I am a broodman. Yes, those did indeed happen. So we get a shuttle landing. It is empty. It's landing at New Edwards Base, and people are reporting to trays that is a lot of equipment there. And Lady Yun is like, hey, I spread a bunch of rumors that all the Oz people are going to be coming to New Edwards. But you and I are actually going to be there. Yeah. Is the plan that you're going to be a decoy? But he doesn't answer. And she instead says, we're all in position. We have all our forces where we need to be. And Trace is like, Zex is in Nairobi. Shouldn't we put him like somewhere important? Yep. <laughs> but she says, uh, we don't actually have many Oz soldiers in Nairobi. So we're expecting a bigger fight there. That's why I put him there. It's not because I don't like your bro. Yep. I mean, it does make sense. Like, let's put our most, you know, well, this is going to be where the fighting is going to be the hardest. Yeah. So let's put our most competent commander there. Yeah. But I can also understand Trey's point of view of, hey, let's put our most competent guy somewhere that's really important that we Yes. Take. But he also does seem to trust Lady on when she gives that explanation. Yeah. We got a shot of a lion head bearer. And Trey's is like, yes, soon. Cut the hero who's like, what? All the Oz people are going to be at New Edwards base. Better go blow that up. Yep. Cut to the circus where Catherine is just hanging out in her lounge clothes and Troy has left. The ringmaster is upset, but they do not seem to be doing a show. I mean, you say lounge clothes. She's wearing short shorts and a bra, it looks like. Okay, depending on the angle. From one angle, it looks like a crop top, and from the other angle, it definitely looks like a bra. Yep. Anyway, he's like, normally I would fire someone like that immediately. But Catherine's like, yeah, but he's too good to get rid of. Yep, because, you know, who else could just stand there and do nothing? Look, holding still is very difficult. Yes. Says the guy with ADHD and three podcasts. But ringmaster's like, damn him. She's like, oh, man, Tro, where did you keep going? Cut to the Maganac Corps, who are hanging out, brewing some desert coffee. One uh, I should also speak that Catherine was also making coffee. She had a <laughs> coffee bag and it looked like a, a like hand a grinder. grinder. Yeah. I assume this is similar coffee here. This is probably cowboy coffee, where they don't have filters. Uh, You might be right. And they're like, oh, man, I can't believe Quetcher just went on a vacation suddenly. He really is just a kid. And they're laughing to themselves and their boss is like, you fools. Clearly, he went on a secret mission. And left us behind. Yep. Because he wants backup on a secret mission. They can't animate all the Gundams and our mobile suits. You know how expensive that would be? They can barely afford to animate the Gundams this episode. Uh, we cut to what I assume is like a ocean ferry. Like, it looks like it's one of those ferries in New York City, actually. Kind yep. Of, for cars. We see a flatbed truck with a mysterious tarp over it being loaded on. As Catra calls a hotel in San Francisco. In San Francisco. He's like, I'd like to re- reserve a room for myself. Alone? Is yes. it a problem to go as one person? Like, well, it's a love hotel, so you're going to be... <laughs> I think it's more the fact that he's young. Yeah. So he's probably a, considered a minor. That so could that, be. That's what I got with I'm by myself. Is that a problem? Like, I was assuming, well, I'm a minor. Is it okay? Like, I have the money. Can I reserve it myself? Or do you need an adult? I mean, I guess that makes more sense. Yeah. But Catra sees a second mysterious flatbed truck. Also, I didn't I didn't notice this until we paused it. But uh, that thing moved at 60 miles an hour to get onto the conveyor belt and then immediately stopped. (laughs) Like that was some of the fastest uh, acceleration I've ever seen. Cars are hard to animate. And Catra's like, hey, isn't that like the guy I want to go to a love hotel with? 
hey, we're parked right next to each other. What are the odds? <laughs> to be fair, if you had the Tetris those in there, you probably you, would. You probably would put them right next to one another. Also love that uh, they're like, wow, these are some big ass, heavy flatbread trucks. Next, to having some yeah, cars. <laughs> next to just some cars, but it's just like. Can we look under the tarp? No. Okay. Look, in the future, capitalism is even worse than it is today, Kevin. Troy jumps out and Catra's like, hi! So we're going to blow up the same base, right? And he's like, I'm going to do it alone. So am I. Catra's like, I say let's do it alone. Together. together. <laughs> and Troy's like, you think so? He's like, yeah, two heads are better than one. And Troy's like, well, okay, I'm leaving the brood instead of answering that. Yep. Cut to an explosion. And then Hiro Yui is doing some kung fu on some guys. He's going to steal a cargo plane. He also drops down from the ceiling of an aircraft hangar. Uh, just looking at that door, that was a good like 60 foot drop, which is impressive. This is a thing I thought about a lot after we recorded the last episode, but a lot of the animation companies that are working on Gundam Wing had just finished working on Batman the Animated Series. And I think <laughs> that explains a lot, like your long hallways with one birdcage at the end of it. And your key characters <laughs> dropping down from the ceiling to kung fu at people from yes. behind. That makes sense. And your command dirigible in that yes. one episode. Hero flips some switches, but there's weight in the freight compartment. He's like, what's going on? And Duo is mooching off Hero and has just put the death scythe in this cargo plane. I'm assuming it wasn't the uh, the fact that it was there was weight in the freight compartment. It was he was doing his free flight check and it probably was like, hey, it's the open. freight door's open. That makes sense. I also like duos like, hey, load your son too. There isn't any room, asshole. <laughs> you could have like laid it on its side. Now we're going to have to spoon. Duo's like, I'll drive. You get yours in here. And Duo's like, hey, I definitely don't want to finish this mission. So why don't we team up? And Hero's like, well, whatever, Baka. And Kuro's like, hey, you remember my name? Then we cut to a bunch of guards just firing small arms machine guns at uh, Cargo Plane as it takes off. Uh, maybe they'll get a feel line. Maybe. But it looks like none of them got that uh, crit they needed, so. Uh, I just want to talk about Hero's physique for a moment, because I always forget how, like, action movie jacked Hero Yui is. He's in this yep. tank top. It's very Jean-Claude Van Damme, mm -hmm. not the typical, you know, live anime hero that isn't quite typical at this point in the 90s, but is about to be. Yeah. Like, all the other boys kind of have that look. Yeah. But Hero Yui is about to be in an action movie. You do not want to get punched by those hands. No. He honestly, he kind of reminds me of Yusuke Urameshi when he's not wearing the school uniform. Yeah, like, he like, takes off his shirt. Yeah. Anyway, here's like, you don't understand how important this mission is. But Duo's like, yeah, I do. All of us leaders are going to be in one place, conveniently, so we can murder them all. Yep. And then I can go back to space. Which I don't want to do because the moon there sucks, but that's better than dying. And he's got this genuine smile with hero regards. Dubiously. Yes. So we see Trey's shuttle landing at New Edwards, and we find out that there's a big meeting of all the Alliance heads, basically, a bunch of generals, the marshal of the Alliance, who is basically their prime executor, Yep, and a bunch of diplomats and such. We see General Warmonger. Yes. And Trey's and Lady Yun have to be there, too. But according to the narrator, Trace has falsely spread rumors that it's just going to be Oz here. You know, the thing Trace said at the beginning of the episode and that yep. we saw the Gundam pilot. So just in case you're not paying attention. Mm -hmm. Third time's the charm. I kind of like the whole idea that if the Alliance goes a different way, Oz is just like, yeah, we're just going to let it be. Yeah. Like, Trace has very specific goals. Yes. And he's like, I don't think global politics are going my way, which is why I planned this entire revolution. But if they do, then... Yep. We just call it off and we're yeah. good. Yeah. Cut to a whole bunch of Oz mobile suit carriers. 
including when Zex is on. He's like, hey, the Nuri base is asking why we're in formation. And Zex is like, uh, tell him we're doing a training maneuver. It worked in Iron Man. He's like, sir, Iron Man won't come out for another 13 years. Yeah, I do love that. Like, shouldn't you guys have, like, at least planned that ahead of time? Also, got to make sure you have your saber. Look, it's very important to have your ornamental saber before ornamental battle. Yeah, but I mean, you probably don't want it, like... Uh, un- That's how he and Noin flirt. We know this. Yes. they like, we have to bring the flirting saber. <laughs> Otherwise, the guys will get uncomfortable at all our flirting. Yes. That makes <laughs> sense. Anyway, Zex tells Noin, hey, this battle might leave you feeling uncomfortable. But she's like, hey, I trust you. If you say it's worth fighting, then I'll fight. Yep. And then Noin's like, it's not as if the world's going to change just because Oz takes over. Actually, I think it's Zex going through. Yeah, you're right. It is. Uh, so why should we even fight? Yeah. But yeah, Zex is like, is there even a point beyond this battle? Like, I don't see how my bro Trey's being in charge is going to make things better. Mm-hmm. Cut to the peace conference where the marshal, whose name I don't remember, it'll say it in a second, is doing a Superman 4. Yes. And be like, why are we wasting so much money on arms? It was the space 90s. For the first time in history, America cut its military budget. Zay Alliance shouldn't be going that direction, but General Warmonger is like, so you would reduce our forces? Because just like in the real world, only people on the extremes are allowed into politics. You say that, but there's like another 50 people here. They just don't talk. The people not on the extremes aren't allowed to talk at a peace conference. They're just there. (laughs) Fair enough. Because three people talk during this entire peace conference. And Trace very pointedly does not talk. Yes. Well, he says like three words. No, yes, that's true. But that's it. Anyways, like, our ultimate goal is demilitarization unilaterally. See, all of these guys are on the fence. Yeah. Uh, but then another general speaks up and is like, I think that would be good. Bloodshed is sucks. We've all had to fight to make this alliance a reality, but it's time to end it. And I'm like, that guy's dead. He's a general that has, like, common sense and is thinking for himself. Or he's not being a warmonger, so, of course, he's dead. Yeah, he's kind of being a politician, where he's like, for some reason, like, when we started this, we all had noble ideas, but for some reason, along the way, we got lost. Yep. And and General Monger, like, seems to consider that for a moment. But he's like, yeah, what about those five mobile suits that keep blowing up everything, though? You know, the ones from space? Yep. These indestructible suits, how do we deal with them? Well, they're indestructible, so... (laughs) So uh, peace. (laughs) Yes. We go around them. What do the specials think? Since they're fighting them, and uh, Trace is like, yep, they sure seem good at blowing stuff up. They don't seem good at peace talks. They didn't put a peace gun on there. That won't happen until Gundam Double O. It just reminded me of a stupid red versus blue shirt of, I think it's Supreme Commander, and they have Surrender Bot is, or they they have this thing that's Surrender Bot, and he's like, I shall now, uh, I shall now try and download our surrender terms to you, and he just fires this giant beam, because it's uh, based off Supreme Commander 2, so it's one of the big robots that's got a giant death laser in its head so he's just blowing up all the buildings he was like i am sorry about this you do not seem capable of accepting my surrender <laughs> and trace is like now we just need to see an actor from the alliance and lady is like i do not follow your metaphors mr shakespeare european man have we ever described trace physically on this podcast i don't think we have because i assume I everyone's don't... seen gundam wing he's a tall brown-haired man in a napoleon outfit yep yeah, it's not quite a napoleon outfit but it's definitely a napoleon outfit he does not have the jaunty hat for yeah. sure He's like, it's natural for the colonies to feel uneasy for us because we have a giant military. So we have to demilitarize and talk to them. You know how we killed our only diplomat who, I mean, tragically, our only diplomat was murdered. Well, we the need, more, like, I was like, Oz diplomat. killed the only yes. diplomat. Yeah, he doesn't know that. Yes. So maybe we should have, I don't know, two diplomats, one <laughs> diplomat per colony, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, General Reasonable is like, I agree. Yes. It was a good name for him. Dat forehead, though. It's not great. 
he's balding, but just the way it's framed in this panel, he's got, I'd say, one third of his head is forehead. He's definitely got enough forehead to be a Batman villain. Yes. Anyways, like, it's not just the uh, colonies, but we should talk to all the nations of the world as well. And General Orhawk is like, hey, you didn't ask my uh, question about the mobile suits. But he's like, yeah, what, once they want peace, like, they'll call them off. Which is honestly a, probably a perfectly reasonable assumption. I mean, it's basically a surrender, but he is, it's a surrender from a point of strength. Yeah. So it's a compromise. He's like, yeah, let's just talk to them. And that gets him an applause. And Trace is like, yes, I, as I thought, the future is about to go in the wrong direction. And Lady was like, is it time? I want to press the murder button. Yep. He's like, no, we need one more actor to arrive. The final actors. He's like, so let's talk about peace negotiation details. But as soon as he says that, there's a tremor. And then the giant emergency screen behind him gets on. I feel like he should have been on that screen yes. prior <laughs> to this. Probably. And a warman is like, Marshall, we're under attack. He's like, what? And there's footage of the Gundam. The wing specifically in bird mode. There's a kind of cool shot where the wing gets shot out of the sky and is grinding across the ground and transforms, still sliding. Yep, and then he's using the shield to, like, keep sliding. But then he just gets up instead of doing a cool shot or something from it. Yep. And then just duos there. Yep. I assume he was there, too. Yeah, it was just like, and then I stand up dramatically, and duo was like, I also stand up dramatically from what? I did a, a low cool step. A yeah, like, I did a cool action slide. Oh, I just walked here. He shoots his drill shield. It's a pretty cool shot. I wish there was better animation of the drill drilling in. But, yeah. you know, you can only do so much with the budget. I uh, do is like, hey, there are like 10 times as many guys as the last base we blew up together. It was a lot more than they estimated. But they're like, we can't turn back now. Duo slashes a dude with his scythe. Hero blows up three dudes with his buster rifle. Mm -hmm. There's a guy with bazooka who knocks him down, but then he blows him up and two other guys with another shot of the buster rifle. It's Maybe more that he knocks him back. Like he takes the rocket on the shield, but it kind of like it, the recoil sends him away, which was also something I liked about when he gets shot down out of the air. Like, literally no damage was done. It was like, recoil. The, yeah, it was like I was hit with a big enough bullet that it knocked me out of the air. It is a very cool effect for, like, super well-armored, like, especially, like, basically magically armored mechs. Yeah. Of, like, you're still blasted around because of your weight, but Yeah, you don't take any damage. It's a good way of making the enemy look strong, but you look stronger. Yes. Hero's impatient, so he draws his beam saber out of the shield, just like last episode. Yep, with the exact same animation as last episode, just with a different background palette. I can't give Wing too much shit for that, because that's Gundam Seed's favorite trick. And as, I, like, as, no, I think I can't. You can give it all you want. No, what I mean is, uh, like, that doesn't that doesn't bother me, especially if it's like, hey, so we made this cool, you know, it's like the transformation sequence. It's yeah. like, not like they, ha you know, reanimate that every time. Yes. It's like, I made a cool sequence of him pulling the beam saber out of the shield, and then we just put different background plates on it. To have it match the scene. Yeah. I mean, we talk all the time in Gundam Seed about the every Gundam stock footage attack that it gets to use. Yeah. That's smart saving, animation. Yeah, yeah. Saving money. It's just something that recent Gundam series get a lot of credit for not doing that as much anymore. And yeah. by reason, I mean the ones since like 2012. Well, I'm assuming because they're not like these are probably all hand basically hand yeah. animated. Yep. So like that's a huge deal versus you can probably do some stuff computer animated and then just tweak little things about them mm -hmm. to make them slightly different so that they feel different. This cool shot of the death fight flopping off of Leo's arm and then cutting it in two. Yep. And then he boops one in the face and it explodes with the, I mean, he's still, yeah, but like he, he boops it in the face with the butt of his scythe and then he cuts it down to explode it. But I just like the boop. The camera cracking shot is cool. Yeah. Cut to the Alliance dudes being like, oh, wow, that's a lot of explosions. And Trace is like, hey, the actors are here. Time to do the plan. And she's like, right. 
I've got another makeup case with a bunch of butt. It's my favorite trick. Zex gets the signal, and they begin Operation Daybreak. We get a bunch of Ares leaving those mobile suit carriers to attack the base below. They say there were not a lot here, but it, but it looks like a lot to me. Yeah, maybe the base is bigger. Like, this shot alone... This is a Gundam Sea Destiny number of mobile suits. Yeah, there's at least 20... No, there's at least 30 here. Just in this shot. Or maybe at the other bases they had more inside men, and so that's why they are using overwhelming force here. I think that's what they were trying to imply, was that this base had very little inside men. Like, they were like, we did not get enough soldiers stationed at the Nairobi base, so we need Zex and a large force to take it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a rain in men. Little plastic men. Yeah, and I was like, some of those guys are getting really close to the ground without deploying, like, their boosters or anything like that. I realize they fly, but still. Uh, physics isn't a thing in Gundam Wing. Have you learned that yet? Yes. Well, uh, except it is sometimes. Yes. Physics is optional. Yes. It's a modifier for scenes. Sometimes it's on, sometimes not. Anyway, the marshal's like, hey, talk to those guys. Uh, tell them that we're doing a peace talks right now. And he's like, yeah, we're going to get blown up if we try to talk to them. So this is the one thing that this guy isn't in on the Oz plan, but what he does right there is what solidifies the Oz plan yes. working. If which they, is, yeah. Because literally, if they just said, hey, why are you attacking the Alliance military or the, all the Alliance leadership? Like, we're trying to have a peace conference. Yeah. And gonna, literally, everyone would have been like, what? It's not even a story problem, right? Because you can easily have here and Duo say, yeah, we're not going to fall for that. Yeah. And then it makes the drama at the end stronger. Yeah. No, this is just literally like, if he were one of the Oz plants, yeah. would have also made more sense. Like, okay, cool. They had this guy as one of their plants. Mm-hmm. But then we cut to him later. Being like, oh my god, why did this happen? I was yeah. like, well, because you didn't talk to them at all. Anyway, Trey's gets down. He's like, hey, Marshall, we should probably evacuate. Why don't you take the Oz supersonic jet? It's super fast and it's ready to take off. Because I thought something like this might happen. Yeah. He's like, yeah, it would do no good for you to get killed while talking about peace. He's like, well, I'll ignore your sarcasm. I think this- his forehead grew. It's now half of his face. <laughs> he's becoming more and more a Batman villain. This angle's just really bad for it. So he's like, hey, thanks. I'm surprised you're offering to help, but... You're right. And he's like, hey, I'm also a member of the Alliance. So a bunch of Oz soldiers are like, hey, this way. This way, please. I'll go this way. Everybody onto the shuttle. And Trey's grabs uh, General Warmonger. He's like, not not you, buddy. Thank God he was the last dude in line. (laughs) I think Trey's had a maneuver. I'm sure he did. But it was just like, it's one of those, like, even if it was just, I wanted to ask you something kind of thing. But it's just like, oh, thank God he was the last one in line. That makes this, (laughs) that makes this so much easier. And he's like, hey, General, why don't you come with me? He's like, hey, I thought you said the shuttle was that way. He's like, yeah, but we shouldn't all go on the same shuttle. Yep. That would be bad. You should come hang out with me in my shuttle. It's just small. Yeah. So, like, I can't have everyone on it. But I can take you. And he's like, cool. I want to go on the cool shuttle. Ooh, a private shuttle. So any general causes a war is trying to figure out how to stop the two enemies. It's Colonel causes a war. Okay, he's a colonel. When he gets told there's revolts on other military bases all over the world. He gets up his digital risk map and just sees a bunch of bases turning colors. Turning red. We cut to Nairobi, uh, a blinking shot of it, with the Ares coming in. Uh, there's a cool shot of a Leo going to t- shoot an anti-air gun at one of them, and he turns and shoots that at another Leo. Yep. And apparently they are using like Morse code or something with their cameras to indicate who the friendlies are. I'm sure it's not just that. I'm sure they have some weird like IFF identifier that they flickering. It just I was it's also a, thinking the same. Yeah, thing. I was like, it's a nice way of showing it that you see that the cameras are flashing. Like, hey, I'm one of you guys. One of them is like, hey, sergeant, you know you're a sergeant because you have these cool cannons on your Leo that we don't have. Maybe we should surrender. 
And the sergeant's like, oh, are you one of the traitors too? And infighting ensues, which is, you know, great for morale. Honestly, I would have thought it was hilarious if the other guy was actually one of the <laughs> yeah. traitors. He's like, sergeant, I was. Bam. <laughs> Instead, Noing shows up in her cool green Aries. Maybe the worst custom paint job of a mobile suit in the history of Gundam. Yep. You're going to palette swap from black to hunter green. And not even like a cool camo pattern or anything like that. Like just a straight up palette swap. Especially since Noin's colors will later be like white and red, mm-hmm. which is a much better yeah. look. I don't think the color scheme itself is bad, but like the, it's just a weird decision. Because mm-hmm. like it's hunter green with like a, a light tan or maybe a very, very light green. Like it, it works as a color scheme, but it's boring. Yeah. Although that's the truth of a, like the Leos too, right? Yeah, well, and, and I mean, they're like a, they're painted by the military, so it's like they're like... Camo colors. Yeah. Anyway, Noin's like, hey, this base is ours now, surrender. But Sergeant is like, I am, will not surrender, I am a sergeant. But apparently Noin's armor good, because she just takes those cannons like a boss. Yep. And shoots him very full. She shoots him full of holes, again, like a Batman villain would shoot a dummy full yep. of holes where Batman used to be. Like, if Kakashi used substitution jutsu while fighting a gangster, this yes. is what would happen to the piece of wood. Yes. And then it exploded. And her, her other guy's like, hey, weren't you the one always telling us not to overdo it, Noin? Dramatic glasses pull down. She's like, hey, I'm all for creating something new, but is the blood, is all this blood really a good foundation? Well, I mean, what else are they going to mix with mud to make the bricks? socks. <laughs> Another week. One day. When we're recording this. It comes out tomorrow. Oh, is it tomorrow? I yeah. thought it was next week. It is out if you're listening to this. And, well, and, you, and you know what we're talking about, which is the new book in the Dresden Files. Yep. Very much considering spending all day tomorrow listening to that while building a Gumpla. Well, now I feel silly for uh, downloading a new audiobook. I thought I had another two weeks. Anyway, Zach gets on the microphone. It's karaoke night, and he's singing, Hey, Oz is in control now. You should join us and not fight. We need comrades. Join the fight. Join who's right, I guess, so we don't Even fight Even <laughs> Very old Simpsons joke. It's actually, yeah, that was pretty good. Every time I see the word coup d'etat, I always think of coup d'etat, <laughs> which is how it's spelled phonetically. Like, I know what the word is, and I know how it's spelled, but I can't, I every time I see it, I just coup d'etat. See, I'm fine with coup d'etat. The one I get, and I think the majority of humans probably are this, I always read it as epitome. <laughs> and I remember when I, fig- when I figured out epitome and epitome were the same word. No one told me. It just like m- something in my brain fired. <laughs> I figured it out. Yeah. Well, and again, like I know that coup d'etat is spelled that way. And I know that obviously I know how to say it. But it's just one of those things of yeah. like, for whatever reason, that one, that, that's what, because uh, that just reminds me there was, I think it's Brian Regan, the comedian, had one of his stand-up shows was the epitome of Hyperbole. Yeah. Which is good. Yeah, epitome, I always read like that. Rachel Ghoul is a toss-up. I will read and say it however <laughs> I'm feeling that time. Yeah. Well, names are hard. But that's an actual word, so... I guess. Rachel Ghoul is correct, but sometimes it's just Razal Ghoul. Yep. <laughs> All right. So then we get the narrator telling us Oz's plan. And when I talk about Gundam Wing being Gundam Light, it's stuff like this that I really don't like about Gundam Wing, mm-hmm. where it's telling us, not showing us. Especially since, like, this is one of the better things, because we actually did see it. Yeah. Because one of the great things about Zex is he gives us a boots-on-the-ground character in Oz yeah. to show how they did this. Well, we also see at the Nairobi base, we see some, or not necessarily the Nairobi base, but we see some of the soldiers turning on the other ones. So it's like, okay, this, like, we actually see it. 
and we get it from both ends, right? We get yep. the highest end. We get the the big plan yep. from Trey's and Lady Un, and then we get with Zex and Noin, the boots on the ground. Yep. And so the narrator having to tell us what we've just seen is weak sauce, and like later Wing will just like do entire political revolutions mm-hmm. in this style without even giving us those courtesies. And this is just like I said. One of the things I love about Gundam is the politics. And to be fair, we're seven episodes in and we need something to happen. Yeah. So this one is probably the thing that works best, but it is the sort of thing that I'm like, this is what I want you to spend six episodes setting up. You think they could have drawn that still image a bit better? The Gundam Wing story. We were on that image for 30 seconds almost. Like, make your keyframe a little bit better. Like, just a little bit. Like, those guys were... I'm not going to say I could have drawn that, but... I told you, Kevin, all of the money was banished to the OHMS team, which we'll watch if we ever get through Gundam Wing, and you'll be like, how are these the same show? How did these come out within two years of each other? <laughs> anyway, cut back to Colonel Starts a War, who's finding out that all their ma- bases are being turned over. He's like, where's the marshal? But they're like, we don't know. No one can reach him. The Wing Gundam is cutting through Leos. There are some cool attack copters. They are no match for Gundams. Yep. But there still are a lot of Leos. Just laying down so much machine gun fire. Ineffectual machine gun fire. So I know we're going to talk about what just happened, but honestly, it makes me appreciate what happened to the wing right as it showed up where it was flying in and then got knocked out of the air. Because that's one of the questions that kind of gets raised on this. If like, if they can't do anything to the Gundams, why did they not just fly immediately to the (laughs) meeting and blow it up? Yeah, like they definitely don't want to be in the center with fire concentrated on them at the very least. Yeah, but it's this kind of thing of like, all right, so if you're there to blow up the meeting, why didn't you just fly immediately to the building and then leave? Like, you know, you could have shot the Buster Cannon at the building and left. But since we see him getting shot out of the air, it makes sense. All right, so they actually have, they're like, all right, we have to like work our way through the Leos. I also think what Hero does was his plan from the start. It's a little hard to tell. That also is totally fair. It's just like, like I said, it's, I appreciate the fact that they have that in there. Yeah. Just that little thing of like, Oh, that is why you didn't just immediately fly and blow up the building. Yeah, talking about Gundam Double O, my biggest problem with Double O is for about the first 20 episodes, there is no threat to the Gundams. Mm-hmm. So the heavy arm shows up and does its stock footage attack, which, if you don't know, is all of the missiles. Duo is like, why all of the missiles? Why aimed at us? We're allies. I think he's like, are they their allies? Is I think the implication of that line, but okay. it is a poorly written line. The Death Scythe and Wing try to dodge but still get caught in the giant explosion, as do a bunch of Leos. Really, it shows. It only shows the wing actually getting, like, knocked down by the explosion. We don't actually see... There he is, like, suffering through it. And Trey's like, motherfuckers didn't learn spacing. Yep. He thrusts in, shoots down the one that's getting up. And a couple more. The Sandrock Kopesh's son. I think this is literally the introduction shot that we saw of him, of cutting down the two Leos. Probably. The Wing Gundam used its scan power. <laughs> Rise from Persona 4 yep. or Futaba from Persona 5. Take your pick. Yep. Uh, scans the Gundams and gives their weaknesses to Hero. And Duo's like, hey, yeah, they're attacking the Alliance, though. But they do think they are Oz models. Catra, on the other hand, is like, hey, those are Gundams. Those are definitely like just like our Gundams. Yep. And Tro's like, I do not care. They are in my way. I like that Ketra is the only Gundam pilot to wear goggles, which honestly seems stupid in this situation. Like, like just... In general, if you're in this kind of cockpit, why do you have goggles on? Yeah. I was going to say, do you think it's stupid that he wears them or that no one else does? But okay. That he wears them. Yes. Like, why are you wearing goggles? Well, the rest of my crew does. Oh. <laughs> I guess, like, he's the desert guy, so I guess we might have to get out. You know, Patrick, I understand having goggles, but, yeah. like, none of the rest of the Gundam pilots wear them. Yes. Dude, it's also like, hey, those suits are like ours. 
Meanwhile, General Warhawk is like, why haven't we left yet? And Trace is like, I'm just waiting for the marshal to leave first. Ladies first. It's fine. Mm-hmm. And we see the shuttle with a big lion on it taking off, just like from the start of the episode. And here identifies it, and his giant identifier just says, Oz. And so he's like, time to turn into a plane! And he flies off. Anyway, the marshal's like, well, this is a crappy coincidence, but it won't stop my plan. And then someone's like, hey, look out the window. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's your doom. Oh, no, it's the Wing Gundam. Backlit by a photon explosion? Or I guess frontlit by a photon explosion? Sure. And the marshal's like, don't be rash now, young man. But here is like, I cannot hear you. You are in a plane. Yep. And it explodes really good for mm-hmm. being cut in half. Yep. Now, don't get me wrong. Cutting it in half would kill everybody on board. I do not think it would explode that way. No. Especially because, like, he didn't cut it anywhere near the engines. Like, it's not like he severed the fuel tank or something like that. Like, he cut the passenger compartment in half. I'm sure there's fuel lines in there, but... Hero has graduated from laughing maniacally to just a calm and simple mission accomplished. Yep. But General Warhawk is like, what happened? What have they done? Everybody I knew and who was in government as the shuttle takes off. And see, this is where I thought it would have been really funny if Hero then turned on that shuttle. Yes. Honestly, what would have been better is him not to have left at all or like waited way later. But Uh I just... This would have been funny if Trey's was like, excellent, my plan worked flawlessly. And then the wing starts flying at him and he goes, shit, I didn't account for this at all. Anyway, Duo's like, hey, thanks for those missiles. Now I'm going to beat you up. So he goes to beam scythe the heavy arms, but the heavy arms has a small knife in its wrist. And you know a scythe can't be a knife. Well, what I like here is that he blocks the pull of the scythe so that he can't go down. I just feel like he could like slide along and get back. I, he could, but like... It's that moment in uh, Naruto when Sasuke is revealing he's got the sword that can cut through anything. And the one guy tries to defend by blocking with a knife. He's like, that's not the right way to stop my sword. And the other, I forget who it is, but somebody else grabs his wrist as he's going to the cut. And he's like, that is the correct Mm -hmm. way to block my sword. They parry off each other. Luckily, the Death Scythe got its exploding shield back Mm -hmm. and blocks. Catcher's like, hey, cut it out, kids. And then he blocks the beam of the beam saber. Yes, that is the one that makes less sense. (laughs) Yes, far less. But then Wufei is here, and he shoots fire at them. He's like, you idiots! I really like the idea of Wufei just being Dexter from Dexter's Lab. (laughs) We see of him. You dumb idiots! Are you not tired of these meaningless battles? Do you not realize you have all been tricked, you idiots? And Hero's like, what? He's like, you idiots fell for Oz's devious trap. You killed all of the Alliance's pacifists. Check the news. Only I, Wufei, am smart enough not to be an idiot. <laughs> and Hero's like, what? That's not true. That's impossible. But General Warhawk is on TV from Trace Shuttle. Yep. I, Trace has definitely planned this. So. Yes. But I do want to know how he explained it to General Warhawk. I was just going to shoot a vlog later, but it's all set up for... <laughs> yep. Anyways, like, we were discussing peace talks with the colonies, and then all these colony mobile suits just killed everyone. The Marshal's been assassinated. By this white mobile suit with wings, cut to Relina in a much artsier movie. Yep. Arranging flowers over a big balcony so that we can have this very artsy director shot from the bottom of it when the vase gets knocked over before it breaks. Which, to be fair, is a very good shot. Yeah. I don't know that it's a Gundam wing shot. No. But the art director was like, we have no budget. I cannot draw the cool mobile suits. I want one cool shot in this. Yep. Anyway, General Warhawk's like, we will not yield. We must fight to the bitter end. And then he's clearly exhausted after that. And Lady Un's like, good job. You will no longer be needed. And he's like, what? He's like, yeah, also, this is a Bond villain shuttle. And he just so <laughs> here's the big thing that kind of bothered me about this. 
So in the previous shot, he's clearly right next to the emergency door. Like, so he's on the right side of the shuttle. And I was like, oh, she's going to throw him out of the door. And then she flips a panel and he's suddenly in the middle of the shuttle with, like you said, it's the Bond villain shuttle because the table is bolted to the floor. <laughs> but his chair is not. His chair is not. So he gets sent tumbling out. And I'm like, that just kind of bothered me a little bit because I was like, you had him right next to the emergency door. Like, just have that pop open and shove him out or even have him get pulled out. Yes, but this is a very Bond shot. And it's yes. also funny. Yeah. But then Lady Anne's like, wait, if you're running and the slope is right, technically you can survive, survive this. this. <laughs> so she takes out her pistol and shoots him in the head yes. while he is falling. It's one hell of a shot. Yes. Uh, Trace is taking a nap. I also like how she says we can't leave any bloodstains. Uh, so it was like, how, that did nothing to stop that. They're not in the shuttle. Fair. Mr. Shakespeare is like, the second act has begun. Cut to Wufei being like, this was an odds trap, you idiots. Trace Kushinata did this. And Catcher's like, no. And Dua's like, damn it. I have to believe this guy. He keeps calling me an idiot. He must be right. <laughs> Drawers smoldering. And Wufei's like, I'm going to fight Oz, even if I have to do it without you idiots. And Hero's like, no. What have I done? And there's a cool group shot of the Gundams to end the episode on. Mm-hmm. Where it's suddenly sunset. You know, we have lots of smoke explosions. I mean, the smoke explosions were there, but it was like clearly <laughs> the middle of the day or roughly, you know, like maybe two o'clock in the afternoon. And they were like, well, we want the cool end card to be on a sunset. So apparently they just stood there for several hours so we could get the shot. Wolfie had to tell them they were an idiot a lot. <laughs> so yeah, that does it. I think we got most of our feelings out at the start, but Kevin, is there anything else you want to say on it? No. Like I said, it feels like we're going somewhere. So that's nice. Yeah, it is. Zex is in motion, but seems to be diverging from Trey's a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Relina's still got a plot going on in the background. Yep. She's the one character that's not really touched on here. No. She just has the one brief appearance. Yeah. Noin is with Zex. Trey's and Un are plotting their plot. And the Gundams are together. Yeah. All right. Kevin, do you want to nominate a mobile suit for us to put on the list next time we record It's a Gundam? I've done all the Gundam, the all five Gundams, right? I can't remember who I've nominated. You've no, not done the Death Scythe or the Heavy Arms. Oh. I assumed the Heavy Arms was going to be on there anyway. We'll do the Death Scythe. Okay. That works. Join us next time. If you are a Patreon subscriber, that will be sometime next week. If not, www.patreon.com slash lastpodcast is our Patreon, where all these get up get put up as soon as I'm done editing them. That's typically once a month, although it is once a week currently. If you are listening to this on Patreon, probably by the time this one is out, that will no longer be true. But once a month. So join us next time for Episode 8, The Trey's Assassination. His plan was going so well. Mm -hmm. Lady Un's going to throw a bomb at him now. Or drop him out of his own shuttle and then shoot him? or Both. Or attack his school with mobile suits? No, I like the idea of she's going to drop him out of the shovel, uh, out, shovel out of the shuttle with a bomb strapped to his chest, but then shoot him in the head on the way down. With a mobile suit. Yes. Not shoot him in a mobile suit. Shoot a mobile suit at him. <laughs> oh, like that gun the Punisher had that shot swords? Yes. All right. So join us for that next time. Kevin, do you know what a Gundam is yet? Nope. Try again next time.